Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Broad Circle Radio. This is Daria Allen Attar, founder of Broad Circle and Chick Launcher. And we want to thank Sylvia Global for allowing us to host, uh, allowing us to be on their uh, programs and hosting us. We have a terrific panel, terrific event for you uh, today. Again, we've got a discussion with uh, Rosie O'Neill, co-founder of Sugar Fina. And I want to tell you a little about Broad Circle and Chick Launcher. We are all about money and power for women. Our vision, mission, passion is all about driving revenue and growing capital for women. And our Chick Launcher venture is really about building an ecosystem for women that allows them to have great success in building entrepreneurial businesses, high-growth entrepreneurial businesses. Rosie O'Neill is such a founder. She is founder, co-founder of Sugar Fina. She's got a great story. Rosie is a girl with a sweet tooth. I have a nine-year-old daughter who has an unmatched sweet tooth, so I have a soft spot in my heart for girls with sweet tooths. So, uh, Rosie, tell us a little about Sugar Fina and what it is and uh, where people can find you. Great. Well, hi, everyone. Nice to meet you, and thanks so much for having me on the program. Um, Sugar Fina is a luxury candy boutique. We started with an online website, sugarfina.com, and we're actually opening our first retail boutique in Beverly Hills in November. So it's a very exciting time for us. And uh, we came up with the concept for Sugar Fina. It's myself and my fiancé. On our third date, we went to go see Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And right after the movie, started brainstorming about how fun it would be to have a grown-up candy store, since most candy stores are for kids. And so we sort of looked at it through the lens of a candy store for grown-ups and for foodies, and that was how the whole concept started. That That's a great story. And <clears throat> who would um, have, uh, you know, at, look, we all love candy. We think of candy for kids. Uh, but, you know, the concept of candy for adults, because as you have, many adults retain their sweet tooth into adulthood, right? Yeah. Now, I know the candy business overall is kind of stable. It's not like, you know, um, the toy business or the video game business, businesses that you and your fiancé had some traction in before starting Sugar Fina, but what what do you, what did you think about kind of your business opportunity in the candy business? Well, the candy market is massive. It's a hundred billion dollar industry. It's recession proof. In fact, it tends to do better in recessions, um, and it's an industry that is is just never going to go away. Sugar is one of those kind of core uh, facets of life. Um, and uh, what we noticed was that there was a big underserved market for candy for grown-ups. There's tons of companies that do a great job marketing to kids and creating kind of these, you know, over-the-top candy emporium experiences for, for kids. But what we were looking for um, that appealed to people like us was a candy store for foodies, something where the quality of the ingredients was the primary focus. And it wasn't about having anything and everything under the sun, um, but it was about having a really highly curated collection of gourmet candies from around the world, ideally things that you had never seen or tasted before. And that was kind of our mission, was to go out and partner with artisan candy makers all around the globe, 
find candies that literally had never been brought to the United States before, bring them over here, and repackage them in a really beautiful way and serve them up to people with tasting notes and, and, you know, really treat it like the gourmet experience that we knew it could be. I think uh, up until now in the United States, candy's been kind of commoditized and you sort of relegate it to gas stations and barrel candy stores. And there's been a real resurgence in chocolate and chocolate bars with some great um, producers here in the U.S., but all of the other types of candy people have kind of, you know, left to the wayside. And we thought, you know, there's a big opportunity here to take all of those other candies, licorice, gummies, malt balls, chocolates, caramels, and really find the best of the best and create a beautiful curated collection of sweets. You know, it, it's, um, I was reading a little about you and Josh and your globetrotting around the world to find candy. And, you know, because I do have the nine-year-old who loves candy, um, we take our whole family to Europe every summer. And so as we were traipsing around Spain this summer, we found some exceptional candy in different places. I should say she found some exceptional candy. Maybe she should be a buyer for your company. So we went to, (laughs) we were in Zaragoza, Spain, and, you know, she found a little store that had only caramels, but but caramels like you've never seen before, all different colors, flavors, I mean, pretty amazing. So, so I can see that point of view, and I can see how you're right. It, it is not uh, the candy, um, you know, you don't have that kind of candy supply in the U.S. So where's the best candy that, where have you found the best candy in the world? Well, we are always traveling and discovering new things. I would say we probably have a new favorite candy every week, it seems like. Right now we're on a big Italy kick. Um, We just got back from a great trip to Italy where we found these amazing candies that are made by this uh, this company that's, um, you know, over 300 years old. It's been handed down from generation to generation. And they make these amazing little um, hard, uh, they're kind of like hard candies um, with a drop of rose water inside the candy. So it's like this delicate pastel sugar crystal. And then when you bite through it, you get this little drop of rose water syrup. And the syrup they actually make from roses that they harvest in the hillsides of Italy. They shut down the whole factory for a week. And just like winemaking, everyone goes out and harvests rose petals and stumps them and extracts the essence of the flavor. And, um, you know, it's just a centuries-old tradition in this really beautiful little candy that, you know, Josh and I had never seen or tasted before. So that's our favorite at the moment. But gummies, um, Germany has some excellent gummies. We just found some incredible new chocolates from Greece with some exotic fruits like kumquat and Greek black cherry. So we're bringing those over right now. And we're about to um, take a trip to Japan, where I'm really excited because there's just uh, some amazing sugar crafting that goes on over there that you just don't see in the United States. So we're excited to uh, to go discover those candy makers over there. Well, I'm excited about that Greek candy. That sounds amazing. Chocolates and uh, citrus is my kind of thing. But you guys have gone online, had great success online. Now, you did mention that you met Josh online at Match.com, so you've got a thing for having great success online. So, um, I got lucky. I, yeah, yeah. I can see it. But now you're going to go into having a store. What's that going to look like for your business? 
So um, we had been wanting to create a store from the very beginning, and going online was really a great way for us to test the market without investing too heavily in upfront capital. Um, and we were completely blown away by the success of the website. Um, it really just took off, and it's, it's been nonstop ever since. So with the store concept, we want to do a similar thing that we did with the website, which is create a candy experience that's unlike anything people have ever seen before. So I think most people go into a candy store and they expect to see shovels and scoops and barrels, and we are going to be the complete opposite of that. It's going to be more like a jewelry store or a beauty store meets a candy store where everything is perfectly packaged, it looks beautiful, it's a very welcoming, upscale, luxury environment, and it's more about um, you know, buying luxury treats and gifts as opposed to just candy by the pound. So we're going to be in Beverly great. Hills, and we're just off of Rodeo Drive. We have a, a beautiful space. And we're working with a great architect to really bring that vision of a luxury candy store to life. Well, if you don't live in Beverly Hills, or in Los, and sometimes when you live in Los Angeles, it's hard to get to Beverly Hills, <laughs> um, where can you buy the candy uh, uh, without the physical location? What's the website? So sugarfina.com, we sell all of our candies there. And then we're also at dry bar salons around the country. They sell a selection of our candies. Oh, we love Drybar. Drybar, she was another one of us, one of our uh, entrepreneurs for Broad Circle. So, so we love that, Allie Webb. Yeah, so, great. She is a big inspiration for me as an entrepreneur. That's great. Well, you know, I have a question for you. It sounds like you guys, we love at Chick Launcher and Broad Circle to sponsor high growth. Uh, female-led businesses, and you guys are already having high growth. I mean, it sounds like uh, you had some ambitious milestones for uh, a business so young and revenues. How are you doing on hitting them? And it, I hear Facebook, lo Facebook uh, users love candy. Does that have anything to do with it? <laughs> yes. Well, um, Facebook has been a great partner for us. When they started the Facebook Gifts Program, we were their first candy vendor. And we did some amazing uh, promotions with them on Valentine's Day, for example. We had 18,000 orders in one day from Facebook. It was just uh, a little mind-blowing. But we got everything shipped on time, but it was a little bit crazy for about a week there. Um, and then Facebook has recently switched over to focusing more on gift cards. Um, and again, we're one of their featured vendors, and that has been wonderful for us as well and has been a great way for us to reach new people. Um, it's, you know, it's customer acquisition that we get paid for, so it's, it's a win-win on both sides. And then as far as um, the revenue targets, you know, we had said that in our uh, first full year of operations, 2014, 2013, excuse me, um, we were tracking to a million in sales, and we're on track to actually exceed that number, um, especially you know, with the store opening in November. So we're, we're really pleased with the growth. We, have, um, we feel real untapped potential and uh, a lot of places that we can go and grow, um, from wholesale to corporate gifts to retail to online to custom and events. Um, it's really been a great ride for us, and, and we're excited to see what the next few years are going to bring. That's great. Well, you know what? It's it's interesting, your story, because, you know, um, having the courage. Now, in your case, um, you had a little bit of cushion in that Josh had the capital for your business, so you 
we're not capital constrained, right? Yeah, we are self-funded, um, but he and I both, uh, you know, kind of dumped our life savings into the business and have been operating extremely lean. Um, it was important to us to, to grow the business um, to a, a, a healthy point before we did bring in outside capital. So most likely we're going to look at keeping it self-funded until probably late next year. Sounds good. Well, you know, if you can achieve the kind of growth that you're achieving self-funded, uh, you know, you can be a Susan Feldman and go uh, quite a long time without getting outside capital, founder of One King's Lane. Yes, that would be wonderful. She's, again, another inspiration. Just love the way she ran and managed her business. Now, Rosie, you're a little young to be a female entrepreneur, believe it or not. We, we women don't entrepreneur so young, so you're on the young side. But you did have a very interesting career before you uh, took the plunge into entrepreneurship. And, you know, you had some great background, uh, great education at UCLA. But, you know, Mattel's a great company. You had a great job, and getting a W-2 is a pretty nice situation. Yeah. What what gave you the courage to move on and do something new and to leave all that behind? And have you had those uh, heebie-jeebie nights where you wake up at 2 a.m. saying, what did I do? <laughs> sure. I think uh, any entrepreneur has those moments. And, and yes, I had a, a wonderful career at Mattel. And, um, you know, I really left at a high point when I was kind of at that peak of my career there. And the company was doing great, the brand was doing great, and it was a big leap of faith to step away from that. Um, you know, I went from a very comfortable salary to zero salary, um, and I actually am still uh, not taking a salary at the moment while we continue to, you know, funnel all of our revenues into growing the business. Um, I think that uh, to really be successful as an entrepreneur, you have to be comfortable with going to zero or less. Um, you have to have that confidence in your skills and your abilities and be passionate about what you do and know that the money will eventually come. Um, but the first couple years of being an entrepreneur, you really do have to take that leap of faith and it's definitely going to be the hardest you've ever worked in your life and the least you've ever paid yourself. Uh, but, you know, I'm 100% I'm confident that it's going to pay off um, very soon. And I think uh, most entrepreneurs, if they can get over that, that hump, um, will do very well. Oh, wait a minute here. Now, you didn't start Sugarfina to do a lifestyle business so that you and Josh could have kids and you could stay home taking care of them and not have to go to a nine-to-five job? <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's a little crazy over here. Josh actually has three kids from a previous marriage who live with us, um, so I'm kind of a, a stepmom in that way. And uh, we have a very busy, hectic life trying to be good parents and spend time with the kids while also you know, running a, a very quickly growing business. And, um, you know, we, we work a lot and we we work hard and we play hard and we try to find that, that great balance. But it's tough. It really is. You have to you have to make it a priority to um prioritize the kids and prioritize the family and it's not always it's not always easy to do that. No, I know. I have three kids too and I've got a full time job and a couple of other babies named Chick Launcher and Broad Circle. <laughs> So, you know, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, so many women uh, have great ideas, you know, and really the courage to go out and start a business 
is huge. You know, having what you talked about, kind of that conviction, that confidence in yourself, that ability to take risks. Because as we all know, you know, return comes with risk. And we're not going to be able to close the economic gap between men and women until women are willing to pay to play. And that pay to play a lot of times means leaving your comfy, cozy job and taking a lot of risk or investing in other women who take risk. Now, you haven't had to raise capital, but I know you probably know from other women who do that, you know, women are only 7% of VC-funded companies are women-led. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a tough slug for women trying to raise capital for high-growth businesses to raise capital. A lot of times, you know, when you're even at your age and you're quite young, I don't know if you – I'm not going to show your age, but, but you're quite young, but – at your age, you, you go to a lot of places to raise capital, and they think you're old or you're someone's mommy uh, already, you know, because um, the entrepreneurial business tends to be something people do in their 20s, but not for women. Mm -hmm. um, you've had great success. You're, you're slugging it out, but what does it look like for you in five years, and how do you view this concept of, you know, the female business ecosystem? Well, you know, I think it's it's really um it's a challenge, but I think it's it's an exciting challenge. And you know, uh Warren Buffett had a great quote where um he he essentially said something about how when we truly liberate and unleash the potential of this other 50% of our population, America is going to be unstoppable. And and I really believe that. And I I believe that um you know, even though it is uh it's a low percentage, I think women have the opportunity to tell a really powerful story. They're half the market and no one knows women like women. So if you're in a business that has a women demographic or, you know, that's even a substantial part of your user base, um, you're gonna have a completely different perspective. And I think it's it's really up to women entrepreneurs to to own that story and to tell that story and it's going to take some time i think before it's uh you know completely equitable in that way but you know i think uh we all just have to have the confidence to tell that story and believe it because it's true and i've i've encountered so many powerful women in the industry that I work in, in food, whether it's Katrina at Vosges or Ali at Drybar or the women who started Rents of Runway who we're partnering with, you know, these are these are women who have a vision and are executing on it and are doing a brilliant job. And there's tons of stories like that. Um, and I think you're going to keep hearing more and more about um, about women who are really taking charge in this way. And it'll, you know, it'll take time, but as as these women emerge and they hopefully give back and support others and bring others up along with them, it's going to keep growing organically. Um, and I think that's going to be the most sustainable way to uh, to grow that ecosystem. I agree with you. And, and you're, you're already doing your part in that you're sharing your story and your idea. You're talking to other women and you're, you're collaborating, cooperating with other female entrepreneurs. Um, Rosie will be on our October 24th panel for Broad Circle, which is focusing on Los Angeles companies that have female CEOs. 
and we kind of have this Silicon Beach thing going on in L.A., which we're all excited about, but our startup community extends beyond the beach area. Um, so Rosie will be on this terrific panel on October 24th, and those of you in L.A. can purchase tickets for that at broadcircle.com. You'll get to meet her and hear her story in person at that time. But you know, the other, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, I think it's interesting what you said about women supporting other women. That's really what I'm seeing, and I just see such a great hunger for women to really support other women. Um, there's so many uh, points of evidence of that, whether it's Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In thing or anything, uh, you know, other efforts along those lines. That, that are going on globally. And one of the beauties of doing this radio show for Sylvia Global is that she actually has an incredibly strong global audience of uh, women. And we, when we've done call-in shows that are live with Sylvia Global, we get calls from all over the world. And women all over the world are passionate about money and power. So building women billionaires is what we're about here, too. So what are you going to do in five years when your business is way beyond the $30 million range that you hope it to be and, you know, you get acquired for a megabucks? What are you going to do at that point? Yeah. I know you you probably want to run Sugarfina forever, but I'm sure there might be an exit in the future. Yeah, you know, um, it's one of those things I think about a lot because right now I am so loving what I'm doing. I almost can't imagine doing anything else, but I actually think that, um, after Sugarfina, my next project is I would love to run some type of an accelerator for women. Um, you know, there's some great accelerators here in Los Angeles that are kind of focused on the tech community. Um, and I'd love to jump into that in a big way and, and do something that focuses on women-run businesses, um, particularly in the food space because that's a passion of mine, but it could really cover anything from uh, food to tech to fashion to consumer brands, um, you know, there's there's pretty wide range. So that would be a big uh, dream of mine to be able to do something like that. Well, who knows where Check Launcher will be now, but we think of Check Launcher as a virtual accelerator for women, and so perhaps you can join our ranks at that point. Maybe we'll be going strong, so That'd so that'll be, be kind of fun. You know, I wanted to get back to another point you made, which I thought was really interesting, you and Josh came from great backgrounds, and the candy business seems like, you know, you've got a great new twist on it, and I agree with you. You get the best candy, um, you know, much better candy in Europe, for example, than, than you have access to here, except for what's going to be available at Sugarfina. I will be a customer on Beverly Hills, <laughs> in Beverly Hills. But... But an issue that that you brought up, I think a couple of questions, you know, uh, you mentioned Josh has daughters, and this issue of female, uh, the female gap manifests very early. So I read in the Financial Times last week that a female who's 25 uh, years old, started working at age 22, there's already a 22% gap in, in the wage um, situation for a young woman. And those of us who have daughters, you know, we get we can get a little irate about this, you know, because you get these daughters who are uh, rock stars and you don't want them to go out into a world that has these these uh, these inequities kind of inherent in it. And unfortunately, the trend is not great right now. We're not we haven't seen any material change in these inequities in the last 15 years. 
perhaps we're starting to kind of change the paradigm. We won't know until sometime down the road. But, you know, you came from a marketing career at Mattel. Josh came from uh, video games. And your business isn't a tech business, but you've been selling on the Internet. What do you think about the skills gap in women, the opportunities to build high-growth businesses, you know, women in technology. I mean, I notice when I go to buy things for my daughter that I'm not buying Barbie who codes or Barbie who's CEO. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, there are some Barbies that are working now, but but they're not, you know, uh, doing that, that whole kind of um, the tech um, gap that exists. Well, I have to say the last Barbie I worked on before I left Mattel was Computer Engineer Barbie. So, oh hey, I, uh, <laughs> this, see, a Barbie I didn't know about. Yeah, I was able to kind of uh, leave that one last stamp before I before I left. Um, but to your point, yeah, I, you know, I agree that um, it's difficult because there are not a ton of role models right now. I think that girls can look up to the same way that boys do. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's not just a, a men and women thing, but I, I actually I see a lot of gaps in, in kind of teaching entrepreneurship. It, it doesn't seem to be something that's um, happening as much as I would like to see in their classroom and in school and even in college. And uh, I would love to see schools and programs put more of a focus on that real-world entrepreneurship, um, teaching creativity as much as you can versus just rote learning out of a book. Um, you know, one of the things we try to do with our girls is, uh, and our boy too, um, is bring them into our strategic conversations so they see the types of challenges that we're facing as a business and how we talk through them and overcome them and, you know, trying to expose them to that creative thinking and that strategy that they're not necessarily um, learning in school. And, you know, gosh, wouldn't it be great if there were programs that could do that in a in a bigger way throughout the U.S. for kids of all, you know, um, of all opportunity levels. So, you know, I can only speak to what we're able to do with our kids, but I, I agree it's a challenge and something I would love to see more focus placed on teaching those entrepreneurial skills at a younger age, um, both to, to, to girls and, and actually to boys, too. Well, Rosie O'Neill, co-founder of Sugarfina, the um, gourmet uh, candy place to go to, uh, you are an amazing inspiration to us, and we will be looking to talk to you again when you are the next female billionaire. So in the meantime, we're going to find Sugarfina Candy on Facebook, at sugarfina.com in Beverly Hills. Is there any other place we can go and buy up our Sugarfina candy? Well, when I come to the event on the 24th, I'm going to be bringing a bunch with me, of course. Oh, I can't wait. Please bring the Greek chocolate with the kumquats. That's going to be my favorite. (laughs) So we are all about money and power for women. We love other women who are all about money and power. I want to invite you to check out broadcircle.com for the Broad Circle website. Sign up for the October 24th event where Rosie O'Neill will be speaking. That's going to be in Los Angeles. Please look at chicklauncher.com. I hope you can get inspired by our amazing judges 
our amazing entrepreneurs. We have 42 entrepreneurs who have applied for our Check Launcher campaign. We have an incredible package of $50,000 in in-kind services that any entrepreneur needs and some cash along with that. And a year of mentorship by our VC, Angel Capital, other incredible sponsors for the top five finalists. The Check Launcher campaign will be going on again in 2014, and I hope that you'll check us out on checklauncher.com. With that, I want to thank Sylvia Global Media for giving us a chance to bring you Rosie O'Neill of Sugar Fina, uh, Broad Circle, and Chick Launcher today. We are so excited to have opportunities to talk about building women billionaires. Building women billionaires, that's how we're going to close all the gaps that exist. Money and power for women, it is our mission, vision, and passion. And look, well, you can be someone who takes care of three kids like Rosie does and I do, and you can build companies and build projects and uh, still be engaged in the money and power game. So that's it for us for BroadCircle.com. I want to thank Sylvia Global Media again for always providing us a great opportunity to talk about money and power for women. We are always inspired by Sylvia. She has a great global audience and talks about women's issues in so many different frameworks. Our next um, in the series of Building Women Billionaires for our Broad Circle uh, Radio will also be another entrepreneur, and we are excited to have uh, that mystery entrepreneur come to you on our next radio show. Please check us out at broadcircle.com, checklauncher.com, and sugarfina.com. Facebook is a place you can buy your Sugarfina candy. You can buy it in Beverly Hills at the new store and at sugarfina.com. Look for them at the dry bar and at the uh, Broad Circle event. On October 24th, broadcircle.com is where you can buy a ticket to that event. Thank you very much. This is Daria Alanatar, founder of Broad Circle and Chick Launcher, the, the virtual accelerator for women who are building high-growth businesses. Thank you very much. And Rosie, we'll see you soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much again.